Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for supernatural girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I am your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here with PK. How you doing, PK? Absolutely fabulous. All right. I'm excited. Good night. Good job. What can you say if you say, because look at the guests we've got tonight. Wahoo. I know. We have a very, very special guest who's so dear to our heart. We have yes. Bob Luca with us tonight. We're going to introduce him in just a few minutes, and you guys are in for a treat because you're going to hear a lot of things that you have not heard anywhere else. So get ready. We are going to have a terrific show tonight with lots of big reveals on what's going on in the world and all these prophecies that were given back in the day to mm-hmm. Betty Andreas and Luca, Bob's wife, and right. Bob himself. They're now coming to pass. We're going to be talking about that and all the government harassment that they've endured over 30 years of it. And they've got, a well, Bob's going to tell the story tonight to all of us. So before we go there, though, you took a look at the royal baby and you found some very interesting things in those numbers. So do tell. We got to know. Well, firstly, the nice part is the baby's birthday, of course, May 6th of 2019, that means that this youngster is going to be a very sensitive soul. And all that's well and good. But I've taken a look at the name that he's been given, Archie Harrison Mountbatten-Windsor. Wow, where did Archie come from? I don't remember ever seeing that anywhere. But that's that's his name. That being said, A is the first letter of his first name is going to make him one extremely headstrong little guy. It's got to be his way or the highway. I take a look at the birth month and day, and that also tells me he deals with ultra sensitivity. So this little guy is going to be ultra sensitive to females. Look out, Mama, here he comes. He's going to be daddy's boy, and that's going to be it more than anything else. He's extremely. Extremely headstrong, but he will give and take. Well, loves change, but he'll be very low-key about wanting changes. They'll just kind of pop out here and there. Detailed, but there's a strong compassion for the world at large, and that's great for his position. But there's a lot of family issues that are going to pop up around him, a lot of family stuff. And the one place that he's karmic and working with is he's missing the the need to be more spiritual. He had, He's going to have to learn that details are important, and he's going to have to kind of work off of that element. So uh, I'm afraid that Mama's got to have her hands full. 
But it sounds <laughs> that way. As much help as you could have being them. But this child is, is more daddy's than anything else. That's for sure. So wow. it's going to be very, very interesting. interesting to watch. But and you said he was a karmic this, seven, right? Yes, because he's missing the sevens. He's here to learn and to be taught. He needs to, this is very important for him to learn these things. And we're taking a look at this. Today is a day when secrets are made known. And, of course, uh, the name came out today. That's one of the secrets. Right. But there are other right. things that are happening around that are going to be hitting the fence. And I say the fence because it's going to get people by the seat of the pants. This is going to be going on for the next uh, couple of weeks. It's going to be like watching a bouncing ball. One minute you think, oh, my God, is there anything more coming? The next minute there will be something else. But we talked about it last month about secrets being made known, that this month would make it difficult. And we're just skimming the surface. Oh, so boy. Hang on, folks. You're going to, yeah, in some cases, better hang on. Because, I, yeah, I told you so. And the other part is like, hide under the table. Oh, gosh. Well, now, if you want your own reading with Patricia Kirkman, go to her website, patriciakirkman.com. You can also go to supernaturalgirls.com, and you can book your own appointment to find out what's coming up in the numbers for you and also what your name means and your birth date. So don't hesitate to reach out to PK and get that done. That's a lot of ammunition to have. I highly recommend it. We also have something new on the Supernatural Girls website. We have our store that we've opened, and we have our magic candles for sale. Now, these candles are very powerful. We've talked about they're the candles wonderful. in a couple of shows. Oh, thank you. Yes, they are. They're, they're incredible. We have them for soul clearing. We also have them for love and for wealth. So take a look. Now, this is a new store. <laughs> if there are any glitches, and you're not able to place your order, just send me an email and I'll take care of it for you. So give it a try. It's brand new. And if it's working, that's great. Fingers crossed. If not, send me an email. Tell me which candles you are interested in. We'll go from there. And the price of the candles is, is right there on the website. It includes shipping. We can only ship, however, sad to say, to the continental U.S. We checked into shipping to Europe for some of our audience members, and it was out of sight. We're talking 70 bucks to send one candle. So it's not cost-effective to ship them overseas. So I'm sorry we right. won't be able to do that for you, unless you want to pay that kind of money to ship it. I doubt you do. But if you have friends coming over to the U.S., they can certainly pick up the candles for you. That's another way to do it that was suggested by a new client who said, yes, I will see if I have friends coming over there to get them. So anyways, they're great candles. They're not your typical candle that you buy in a store. This is very special. And they have all the magical ingredients from Katrina and Eric Raspold. They are the ones who design the candles with me, and they make them. And all of the mojo, believe me, it's in there. So highly recommended you take a look at those. And, of course, Soul Realignment. I'm doing lots of sessions, learning a lot about all these people that are coming to me, and it's fascinating. So if you want to take a look at your life through that lens, then just also send me an email. We'll find a time and a date for you to hear about that. And no, You've done mine, see. and it's fabulous. It really is. Oh, Don't miss out on that. You. 
Thanks. It was a privilege to do it. And I know it's one of those things that it walks with you everywhere you go. Once you hear the information, you really can make it work in a great way for yourself. Now, <clears throat> I know, PK, you're going to have to take off in a minute because you right. have a special guest at home. Yes, I do. I know. I know. But I'm so grateful that you're joining us for this. And you can just hang out for this one story because, you know, usually we post lots of really fascinating stories about cryptids, mm-hmm. we've UFO sightings. Well, this story was sent to me by one of our past guests, my recent guest, actually, Paul Blake Smith, sent this to me and I posted mm-hmm. it for us. But it's the most troubling, the most troubling UFO abduction case I've ever right. read. So I want to urge everybody to go to our Facebook page and read it. I'm going to tell you the bare bones about it. Um, and Bob and I will discuss it because it is extremely strange. And it, to me, it gives me the chills because it's not just aliens involved in this woman's experience. Apparently, she was abducted by aliens. She was returned in a small ship and the ship crashed. The ship was recovered by the military. And mm-hmm. she was taken in handcuffs. I mean, this is a a very, very upsetting story. So it speaks to the military being involved with a couple of different alien races. It talks about taking one of our own hostage. And we're going to talk more about this. It's it's not a good story, but I think everybody needs to hear about this. This also leads me to say something about the some of the shows we've had in the past on the missing people, uh, the Mm -hmm. smiley face killer had those detectives on and Doc was on with us, you have to also consider that this might be a military operation and have alien involvement. So these are all questions that need answers, and we're going to see what we can dig into tonight. So, PK, thank you again for coming in oh, at I'm, the beginning of the show. Thank you for my opportunity to be here. And, Bob, I'm going to catch you on the rerun <laughs> That's the nice thing that yeah. we can do. If I have to great. miss it, you have I, a great I, I get to get it later. Thanks. Good luck, guys. Okay. Good night. All right. Good Bye-bye. night. Now, everybody, you are in for a treat, as I said, because we have expert and author Bob Luca with us. He's going to tell us about the government harassment of UFO abductees and witnesses. Now, Bob is a witness. He's an abductee himself. He's had multiple experiences with being tracked followed, harassed, drugged in his home for over 30 years. So it just goes on and on. Now, Robert's Bob's wife, Betty, is known worldwide for her highly detailed alien abduction account reported in the book, The Andreasen Affair. It was a New York Times, <clears throat> excuse me, bestseller. And just recently, Bob and Betty wrote another book called A Lifting of the Veil, and that book details everything that's happened since the Andreasen affair came out. Quite a wild ride. Bob, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Patricia. It's always a pleasure to be with you. I always enjoy talking with you, that's for sure. Yeah, well, same here. And I'm so pleased that you're with us tonight because we've got a lot to talk about. But first of all, people need to know it wasn't just Betty that had UFO experiences. It was also you, 
And yes. was it right after the book came out, or was it while the book was in process that you started to have these these occurrences with black helicopters and all of these other horrible events? Well, actually, the very first one with the black helicopter was before I met Betty. I had forgotten about it. We neglected to put that in the book. But she was still in uh, Ashburnham, Massachusetts, and she was out in her garden. And on a couple of occasions, a large black helicopter came along, stopped over the garden, and appeared to be watching her. And Ray Fowler at first thought, well, maybe a National Guardsman, you know, just looking at a pretty girl or something like that. He didn't connect it in the very beginning. But that was actually the very first time that uh, she had sighted a, a helicopter. After that, it, it was when the Andreasen Affair, uh, the first book, was in the process of being published, and it was known that it was going to be published. And what happened was we were living in Meriden, Connecticut at the time, and two things happened almost simultaneously, really. Uh, we started noticing these black, unmarked, Huey, UH-1 military helicopters were flying over the house quite often, often enough that some of the neighbors even documented the flights because they were they were so low. And uh, my other phone just rang, I hung it up. Uh, they were so low, uh, they vibrated the windows. So uh, neighbors, one of our neighbors who was a city councilwoman started to document the flights. And shortly after that, the first year, the IRS decided that I, apparently they thought we couldn't add or subtract or handle our finances because they started helping us <laughs> by calling us in every year to have an audit. <laughs> and some of, the, some of the questions at the audit were, what did you see? What did the beings look like? What did the craft look like? And so on, which oh, is God. a little unusual. It's not a, typical, a little unusual. Yeah, it's not a typical audit, I would say. God. No, for sure, for sure. But that, that was the very beginning. That's when it started. And un we didn't know. We were subjected to very intense government surveillance. And, and I'll explain that as we go on. I mean, it included our telephone being tapped, being followed in our car, even out everywhere from New Hampshire to Florida, um, and being followed by cars uh, whose, when I got the license plates, and gave them to police officer Larry Fawcett, they came back as uh, unissued. So, mm. you know, this wasn't your neighbors that were driving those things. Um, right. The FBI had us under surveillance for years, and I finally, after harassing them for the longest time, I finally got an admission in writing from the FBI that, yes, they did, they were keeping the file on us. Uh, however, when I requested the file, they said that in accordance with certain FBI regulations, the file had been destroyed, which I have a little problem believing. But anyways, I have that in writing. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, also, I think you're the, I only, you're, the, you're, you're the only person I know in this whole field that has been able to get those admissions. And I know you have others, too, and we're going to get into that later, too. But I have to congratulate you on your persistence. Because I don't know anybody else in who's been treated this way, and there's quite a few that have this kind of documentation. So I have to say good for you. Well, thank you. I, I became a real pain in the bottom end to them until I finally got <laughs> some results. 
it, it got to a point where I had sent them certified mail uh, requesting these things, and they left it until the certified mail was returned. They wouldn't even pick it up or sign for it. And I got, I still have the envelopes that have been returned with the um, uh, certified mail stamps on them, unopened. So I guess I finally got on somebody's nerves. Yeah, but, uh, definitely. They finally decided then, to admit it to your wrongdoing. And then I think I'm, I think I'm the only one that has actually gotten proof of the Department of Defense hacking my computer. And, I and have that this, was fairly you know, recent, right? That was fairly recent. I mean, that wasn't from 30 years ago. That's fairly recent. Well, it happened in 2004, and I think I got the information in 2017. So okay. it, 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 it took a while. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, I went through everyone, even uh, when they kept giving me this BS story. I even uh, contacted my state senator and asked him to get his office involved in trying to help. And they gave him the same story as they gave me. Even though I gave them the name of the person I contacted to, the number, the file number they had given me, the dates and the contents, according to the Department of Defense, they couldn't find any of the papers on it. Even though I had sent them copies, actually. (laughs) So... You know, it's just, they're just going to stonewall you, and, and that's as far as you get yeah. with it in most cases. However, I did write um, to the uh, inspector general of, I believe it was the Navy, and complained about it. And I had, they couldn't argue because my I had some good uh, security software. I had the number of their computer, the physical street address, the name of the operator, so I got a letter of admission that it was actually their computers. And I think I'm the only one that has something like this so far that I know of. Uh, but again, it took many, many letters, a lot of time, uh, just a real pain for me to just to try to get that far with them. Now, as well, far as one they of were the obviously, other... They were obviously spying on you for all these years. And you know what? One of my goals is to get you on Fox News with Tucker because Tucker has been reporting all the UFO stories. I don't know if anybody else in our audience has noticed that, but usually if there's a UFO story, it's Tucker that's on top of it. So I think it would be great if you could have this discussion in a smaller format, obviously, uh, I mean, a time frame, but with Tucker because that gets you to a wider audience. A lot of people don't realize that this is going on. And that's why I thought this show was so important to have you here talking about this is what happens when they find out you've had a UFO abduction, um, anything that they, they deem of import to them, they take it upon themselves to break all these laws and just start spying on civilians like you and Betty. So let's continue. Yeah, that's just terrible. And so let's go on from there. The other thing is they have no problem with threatening you. Um, We had three different occasions. Uh, One, we were doing a lecture at MIT in Massachusetts, and Dr. Uh, Alan Hynek was there, who, of course, was the spokesman for the Air Force as scientific advisor. Now, during a break, he rushed over to Betty real quick, 
And he said, stick to philosophy and leave the military out of this. So from him, I think he was being nice. I think he was letting us know that, you know, we're irritating somebody. On yes. another occasion, uh, a friend, well, I won't say a friend, an acquaintance who was a scientist happened to attend the CIA meeting. And when he returned to the state, he came to our house, asked me to come outside, would not talk to me in the house. And mm -hmm. he told me that at this meeting, he said, the CIA has been talking about you. And he said, please be careful. That's wow. number two. The third time we were in Phoenix, uh, we were doing a lecture. And during a break, this approached me and he was uh, absolutely military. I mean, very erect stance, buzz cut, haircut, uh, neatly pressed pants, uh, sharp crease, shiny black shoes. I mean, if this guy wasn't military or intelligence, I don't know what he was. But he told me, because I had been lecturing and yeah, and showing photographs, uh, slides of the helicopters and mm -hmm. close up so you could see there's no markings or anything like that. And he said, you know, he said, we're, and that's a word he uses, we're. He didn't say they. He said, we're only sending those so we don't have to hurt you. Now, I did, take, I did take that as kind of a threat. But yeah. that wasn't the... Yeah, but that, it doesn't bother me. I, you know, the people threaten you all the time, whether they can carry out what they're saying or not. And those people, I'm sure, could if they wanted to, depending on how far they want to push it. But we right. were staying in the public a lot then, so I don't think they were going to do anything because we were on TV and radio, magazines at that time. So I felt reasonably safe doing that. But one of the yeah. other things that happened, Betty went out to go to work one morning, and she come in quick she says something's in the back of my car so i went out to her car and there was a gallon jug and in that gallon jug was a piece a good sized piece of rotted meat and yeah. i took i took this to mean probably you're going to be dead meat or something like that uh because it was not oh. in there but he doesn't carry yeah, she doesn't carry that stuff around with her. I can assure you that's not <laughs> yeah, the case. I'm sure she doesn't. <laughs> so you, usually we cook our food and we get it fresh, you know. So I, right, I considered right. that uh, an, another fret. No, I had one in, incident that was interesting, but I don't really know if it has anything to do with anything. Um, I was a student mm -hmm. pilot at the time. And I went to the airport and got the plane that I was supposed to be taking up that I had reserved. I got in the plane. I'm doing a pre-flight check. I'd already done the outside, got inside. And when I started moving the elevator controls, there was a loud, like, boing, 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 like the cable had snapped oh. or broke. Uh -oh. And this was an airplane that was fairly new. It was less than a year old. But, you know, that is new. I don't know. Yeah. I can't say that was anything other than maybe a maintenance problem, maybe something that was just wrong with the airplane. It was a little scary, but I, I, they gave me another airplane the way I went. But uh, wow. that one made me stop and think a little bit. But, you know, even though I take these things lightly, you know my sense of humor, Patricia. It, oh, yes, you've got a great sense of humor. Not, yes. not, not much bothers me. But one time <laughs> I was coming back from uh, Massachusetts, and I'm flying along, and 
coming toward me, I see three black Huey helicopters. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm all alone. I'm over a wooded area, and I'm starting to think, oh, my God, am I going to have a student pilot accident? You know, are these guys right. coming after me, or, you know, what's going to happen? Well, what happened is they passed under me by about 500 feet or so, and that was the end of that. But it just shows you the paranoia was starting to set in because I was wondering if something was going to happen or not. But uh, Well, that's the fine line here, and it, it makes it diff- you know, very difficult, if I can just say this, because I think, you know, with all of these eyes on you and cars tailing you and helicopters over your house and we're going to get to the break-ins and the drugging also. I mean, of course, any normal person would start to question everything. And oh, sure. that might be part of part of their, their MO, that they want you to cross that line and look crazy so that nobody believes you. Well, That might know, be part of what they're what, doing. What happened was I became what you might call hypervigilant. Um, mm-hmm. we went, we were, we were going to Chicago to do some TV shows with Betty and I and, uh, police officer Fawcett. And right. I got to the desk and I, you know, I just gave the guy my name and whatnot. He says, oh, he's Mr. Lucas already born. So I said, well, must be, you know, another guy with the same name. I says, well, my name is Robert and I'm from Cheshire. He says, yeah, he's Robert Luca from Cheshire has already boarded the planes. So what? Larry, oh yeah, and Larry Parsett witnessed this, <laughs> but it got to him too. <laughs> anyway, we got on the airplane, and my seat, the seat that I was assigned was there, nobody was in it, so, you know, I figured, oh, okay, they're just, I think this is their way of trying to let you know, we know where you are, what you're doing, you know, we got an eye on you, Yeah. trying to make you, right. trying to make you nervous. Well, it doesn't work exactly. with me because I figure, hey, we're going to Chicago. We're going to Chicago. But Larry, <laughs> who is sitting in back of us, he's sitting there, and all of a sudden he feels something like a pinprick in his neck, which is, oh, you know, no. probably a nerve or something on his shirt and whatnot. <laughs> and some later on, he told me, I thought somebody jabbed me with a needle. <laughs> oh, God. So, you know, it's not, was, you, know, you can laugh about it now because it's <laughs> it's getting over the line, but you well, can see how it happens, you know, to anybody. Oh, and here, absolutely. Here's a I, trained I police to... officer, Larry Fawcett. Oh, who, yeah. He was, his mind was spinning with what What yeah. are they doing? What are they going to do to us? But, yeah. Right. I have to, just for a minute, I want to change the subject because I know you knew Larry very well. I did, and yeah. We were up in New Hampshire. There was an area that was having a lot of UFO sightings. It was verified by the state police and by a lot of witnesses. And a fellow that was a newspaper uh, reporter contacted Betty and I, and we started going up there. Well, there was one area a few miles out of town and is very rural where every now and then they would see UFOs coming right over this field. So Larry oh Fawcett and this journalist and another police officer, three of them, decided to go up there and sit in the car in the open field and just wait for a few nights. Well, they didn't mm-hmm. have to wait long. It was either the first or second night. They're sitting there, and these lights started approaching the field real low, and they were not airplane uh, marker lights. They were different colors and whatnot. Now, here's oh two guys, two police officers that are armed, and a journalist, 
And you know what they did? They started what? the car and got the hell out of there. Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, no, God. I didn't absolutely. know Larry was a baby. Oh, God bless him. Well, that is hey, something else, huh? That, that was just, I, I couldn't help it. It, it, yeah, just, I know. I, it was just hilarious. It, it is. It, 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 you know what, Bob? You also bring up a really important point. A lot of people get very freaked out. They think they want to see this. And I've even had skeptics that have seen it, and it just totally, totally turns them around. They get extremely terrified. And thank goodness you and Betty are so grounded that these things don't scare you. And certainly the government or whomever they are, I think it's more than just the FBI and CIA that were uh, bothering you. But it's just you guys have been able to weather the storm, which is not easy to do. So good Well, it's what you what you call the moment of truth i guess when when things come right down to the wire and there they are in front of you like um whitley streber um i know you know whitley he invited us up Mm -hmm. to his cabin in in new york where he had all those sightings and he said would you like to come up and see him so we said yeah sure and he said well aren't you afraid (laughs) that was the first thing he came (laughs) out with so we said no Unfortunately, right. we didn't get we didn't get our schedule together with his, and we never got to go. But I was oh, really okay. had hopes that we would see the beings that he had because they're different than the ones that we had, uh, uh, you know, contact been in contact with. Yes, yes, with, exactly. Yes, they were different. So, but, oh, that's too bad the, that you didn't hook up with him before he left New Hampshire. Wow. I know. I know. I wish we had. Think California. But, yeah. I keep hoping now, I keep hoping that one group anyway will return because I am so, I have so many questions and I would like to get some answers at least. You know, I'm getting up there to 80 now. Before I leave this earth, damn it, I want to find out what's going on. I'm right with you. I think it's about time they answered our questions. So that would be great, you know, to have that that, uh, next experience with with an alien or et and and find out well what are they doing here how many races are there on this planet we know there's many i mean certainly more than three oh betty betty was told back in the 60s that there are 70 some odd races and i have read uh reports from some military personnel that said they personally had seen 43 so and then I've heard a couple that said there were over a hundred, but I don't know. I can only go by what they told Betty, if hoping that they were being honest, or or maybe that was it at the time, and it may have increased or decreased by now, because that was in the '60s, which of course is you know some time ago. Right. Yes. But, yes. But, but they they are here, and Betty and I have seen basically uh, the Greys and the tall, what they call the uh, the elders. They're very tall. They're about. Um, well, I'm six foot, and I come about up to their shoulder. So they're probably wow. seven foot or better. Yeah, very seven pale, feet tall. Yeah, very pale skin, uh, blue eyes, mm-hmm. and um, they were every. The only time I had seen them, and she had seen them more than me, but the only time I had seen them, they were in long uh, white uh, robes, uh, mm-hmm. not clothing that we would associate with, uh, you know, what we wear. And then there right. was a group of little ones that are like a foot, a foot and a half tall, maybe. And Betty had done some beautiful artwork 
uh, depicting them so people could see what they looked like. But those are the only ones that we've seen. Uh, you know, different craft we've seen uh, belonging to the same, well, I was going to say the same aliens. However, the craft that Betty saw did differ from the ones that picked me up back in 1967. Um, the craft was different. So, but the beings it looked was. the okay. same. And the uh-huh. uni- but the uniforms, the uniforms were different. So, well, one thing I said, have to uh, tell everybody also is that your wife is not only beautiful but extremely talented as an artist, and she was able to draw all of these and paint all of these ships and the aliens and their uniforms in incredible detail. And I think that's one of the reasons that you are of such interest to the alphabet agencies, because she was able to, to do all of this in, in living color. And But again, here's right. the thing that bothers me. You guys offered to sit down with the alphabet agencies and tell them everything you have. Here's what we have. Here are the paintings. Yep. Here are the drawings. Here are our notes. And they didn't want to do that. They wanted to play the skullduggery, this cloak and dagger nonsense, and try to intimidate you. I find that appalling. I mean, you are citizens of the United States, and there is supposed to be some freedom here, last I heard. And this way of treating you and other abductees and witnesses at Roswell. Also, we had people on the show that had done a lot of research into this, and the people of Roswell, their children and their grandchildren got threatened about Roswell. Oh, yeah, if you absolutely. tell anybody, they kill your whole family. They were told this. Little children and were told this. That's so wrong. Even, you know. it, it gets even more ridiculous than that, Patricia. When we were living in Virginia before, in Hayes, Virginia, I took a picture mm-hmm. of a black helicopter. In the background was a cigar-shaped, what appeared to be a cigar-shaped UFO. And mm-hmm. coincidentally, someone, there was a bridge nearby, the Coleman Bridge, about three miles from where we live. Someone put a sign on that bridge, said UFO sighted here. So <laughs> I, had a, I had a good picture. So I called uh, uh, Langley, because I know they have some good photo interpretation software, and I offered to send them not the picture, but the negative so they could test it. Uh-huh. Right. You know what they told me? They weren't interested. Oh, yeah. How about that, uh, huh? It's just that they're going to follow either, you. They're gonna... It's crazy. It, yeah. I mean, you know, here I, I'm telling them, well, I, this is film. You can examine this and see what it is. And it, it's, it's clear. It's not blurry at all. You can see the helicopter in the foreground and this thing way above a long cigar shaped object. And they weren't even interested. Well, maybe they were interested, but maybe they just didn't want to admit it. Yeah, probably. Well, maybe they had their own well, picture of it. Who knows? I mean, they're, they're certainly not telling us, but now you and I share other experiences too. I know the black helicopters are over my house as soon as I met you guys. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Larry Fawcett too. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, but the yeah. other thing is and, they broke into your house. I mean, this is such a violation. Let's talk about this because I think this just is the, the worst of the worst of what happened well, to you in your own home. It's not only our home, 
we had three different homes that were broken into uh, before we moved to Florida. Three different places that we owned were broken into. Uh, It's just unbelievable. And nobody saw who did it. Now, in Mm -hmm. in Cheshire, of course, they broke in and and they drugged us. And I'll, I'll go into more detail on that in a minute. And when we were living in Higginham, they broke in. Now, there was firearms, jewelry, computers, camera equipment. Uh, All they took was two illustrations Betty had drawn of the propulsion system of the craft. That's all they took. And (laughs) it gets better. That was a rural area, so I had to contact the state police. And Mm -hmm. a state trooper came up because he had to fill out a form so I could collect. They destroyed the door on a new, a new 30 foot trailer. So he, he had to fill out a form that I could give to the insurance company, of course, to get paid for the door. Well, he was a young fellow and we sat down and talked and I told him, I said, look, I said, we're heavily involved in the UFO phenomena. I said, my gut feeling is that this was, has something to do with government because that's all that was taken. And while we were gone, I left a recorder running, a sound activated recorder. So you uh-huh. could hear them break you could hear them breaking in. You could hear them hammering on the door. But nobody said a word when they were inside. So these were not amateurs. No, and they were professionals. I, that's right. Yeah. And the the state trooper agreed and he said, Look, he says, I will tell you if I can find anything out. He said, I will tell you. Okay, so a week goes by, and I go down to the trooper's office to see if he's had any information, and there's another trooper there. And I said, well, where's Trooper so-and-so? He said, oh, he got transferred. I said, well, where did he get transferred to? Oh, I don't know. So there again, apparently that guy got moved so that he wouldn't be talking to us. Exactly. They didn't want him to help you. Right. And while we're on that subject, uh, you know I had filed many complaints with the Federal Aviation Administration about the helicopters coming over the house so low and all. On a Saturday, a man from the Federal Aviation, General Aviation District Office in Boston, that's whose jurisdiction we were under, drove on his own time down to our house on a Saturday morning, and unfortunately we weren't home. But he left a note on our front door. Mm-hmm. So the uh, weekend's over. Come Monday, I call him at his office at the FAA. And I'm told that he's not there. I said, well, is, is he on vacation? No, he's been transferred. Where is he <laughs> transferred to? We don't know. But he was so interested, he wanted to come down and, and see what we were talking about. So... Year, a couple of years later, Connecticut Magazine did an article on us, and they found the guy, right. and they asked him about it. And he said, "Oh, I, I don't remember." He says, I, "I think they were just uh, they were just confused uh, because they couldn't see uh. the markings. It might have been dark." And he knew I had sent that guy a half a dozen close-up photos of these helicopters. So apparently, they just told him, "Keep your mouth shut," and that's it. Yeah. But one of the other yep. guys there that I was talking to uh, at the FAA also said, when I described the helicopters and sent the photos, he says, this looks like a CIA operation to me. And mm-hmm. be- 
between you and me and, and your listeners, when the house was broken into and we were drugged, I believe it was the CIA. I don't think the FBI was into that. I really don't think it was. I think you're because, right. Yeah, they were they were very professional. They came in, I, I think it was 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, if I remember right. I'd have to look in the book now to see the exact time. And Betty and I had already gone to bed, and all of a sudden I heard, distinctly heard two voices, two male voices in the kitchen. And the kitchen was off a short hallway from the bedroom uh, to the right. And I said, whoa, what's this? And I looked. We had a large um, German Shepherd dog, and he got up. He slept on the floor at the foot of the bed. He got up, and all of a sudden his legs, his front legs spread apart like a wishbone, and he went right down on his face. So I said, whoa, something's wrong here. I reached in my nightstand where I kept the 38 revolver, and I'm going to go out and talk to these guys. Well, yeah. the last thing, yeah, right. The last thing I remembered was reaching for that revolver. Uh, we got up in the morning, and boy, I had a wicked headache. I mean, kind of almost like a hangover, and so did Betty, and Betty doesn't even drink. So we went to work. And we came home that night, and she said, you know, she said, my my uh, left arm has been hurting me all day, and she's right-handed. I said, that's funny, because my right arm has been really paining me all day. Uh, so we, wow. we took off our shirts, and right where, almost where you, a little lower than where you get a vaccination, there was a, about an inch and a quarter diameter black and blue mark. It was black and blue and a little bit of yellow, and right in the middle was a puncture mark on both of us. Uh. So I called our family doctor, and I said, look, if we go and, you know, get a blood test, will, will anything show up? And he said, no, it's too late by now. He said, no, blood test won't reveal anything. But um, the the other thing was we're, we were kind of in a fix because, you know, we thought of calling the police. And what are the police going to say? They're going to think we're nuts because they already know we've been in the paper about the UFO phenomena. So we can't call Especially the police. Especially back then. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody's going to believe you. So we just had to keep our mouth shut about it. And then yeah. we had all this We had all this going on. And then in 1982, Larry Warren, here's Betty and I talking on a radio show. No, he saw um, the Hartford Current newspaper. He saw an article on it. So he called me at work. And he says, I've been in the military. He said, I had a UFO experience while on active duty. And he said, I- I'd really like to talk about it. So I gave him our address and we made a, an appointment for him to come over the house. And Larry came over and told us about what now is known as the Rendlesham Forest uh, incident, the landing of a right. UFO outside a U.S. Air Force base. And it has grown uh, a lot more witnesses have come forth since then but at any mm-hmm. rate once we had interviewed Larry um, this the surveillance on us got worse I oh, think I that bet. they were yes they were and you know and where he lived in Southern he and his brother were out one night and they grabbed Larry and beat the hell out of him and split his skull open yes and that was, they it was did. not a it robbery. Was very dangerous situation yeah that was yeah. not a robbery so, no you're right it was very uh, very dangerous times for Larry yes Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's why you know, but the whole thing, it, 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 I think people need to know this. It's like, look, 
you know, you're not supposed to have the CIA breaking into your house. The CIA is not even supposed to be operating in the United States, but it apparently does, or something oh, like that is operating. <laughs> absolutely. And, and, uh, and so, you know, they're breaking into your home. They're drugging you. How do you know that they're, you're not going to have a reaction to the drug and die? Um, I mean, it's it's they, very, they, very scary stuff. Again, extremely violating, invasive, should not be happening in this country. Well, the, it just should not be. Yeah, but the secret there is, Patricia, as far as having a reaction and dying, the answer there is they don't care. That's right. It's that simple. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they don't. And well, I don't know if you that, remember this, but you and you and Betty and I all went out to dinner one night. I went home, and at that time I had a big white dog, very similar to your right. Loki, and uh, I went to bed, and my dog always got up at 6 in the morning. I mean, just clockwork, like six, every every morning, 6 o'clock, she was up. Well, wow. the next thing I know, I open my eyes, and my dog is just waking up, and it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So that's what, I know something <laughs> something happened, right? That's because what you it, get again, for like, to us. I uh, guess so. <laughs> Yeah, but they, yeah, they, I mean that's the kind of thing they do with with just you know it's just this is what they do and people need to know about this. This is a very serious serious thing. Now I don't know if they yeah. still do this kind of thing, but I think well, the abductions have tapered off, and so maybe yeah. I think they're doing other things that maybe even are well, worse. But hope, hopefully, <clears throat> hopefully they're not. Now, I'm just going to say hopefully they're not, Patricia, but because of that attitude that they developed, I developed the attitude, and I told Betty, I said, I don't care. I said, anybody comes through the door of this house at night that doesn't belong here, I, I will shoot them and ask questions later. And I don't care if it's a government agency or who, because they have no right to be doing that. It's simple as that. That's right. And like, they don't. I don't care who they are. Uh, it, it's sad. Yeah. To have to live that way, but I went around for years. I went. It was like my gun was like carrying American Express. I wouldn't go anywhere without it. Yeah, that's right. Well, you had good reason well, to carry it. My God. Absolutely. Well, and I and I was talking to Betty last week, and I reminded her she's the one who taught me how to shoot. So anyhow, I'll never forget that she really knew how to teach me. I got a bullseye the first time out. It was great. I'm going to take a short commercial break, everybody. I know everybody's texting in. They are on the edge of their seats with what you're talking about tonight, Bob. I just want to remind everybody that the Andreasen Affair is still available on Amazon.com. It was a New York Times bestseller written by Raymond Fowler. It's a great book. And also the new book is called A Lifting of the Veil, and that is also available on Amazon.com. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. You are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. Pure essential oil, specialized mineral, and a revolutionary anti-aging technology. Astridian combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums. Astridian's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. 
The Essential Anti-Aging Series treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian, beyond your expectations. Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get Attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Are you ready for a new experience of freedom and powerful connection? Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? Then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. When your soul leads the way with cosmic fusion and quantum vortex energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the source. With Cosmic Fusion, the source energy does the work for you. It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, the Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion, www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with my dear friend and great guest, Bob Luca who is the author of a new book with his wife, Betty. It is called A Lifting of the Veil. And we are talking tonight about some very, very startling facts about what the alphabet agencies do once they find out you've had a UFO abduction experience. Now, Bob, you do have a great sense of humor. And, excuse me, I um, want you to tell the story of... The missile that, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I mean, you okay? take it away, Bob. Yeah. <coughs> okay. Go ahead. Um, Go ahead. We had we had these helicopters so often over the house 
we had moved from Meriden, Connecticut to Cheshire, Connecticut. And we no sooner than moved, um, within a couple of days, these helicopter flights started over the home in Cheshire. And, I mean, they were low enough at times I could have hit them with a baseball bat, uh, baseball rather, and had I known uh, if I could only have gotten my hands on a paintball gun back then, I could have marked them. And I doubt if they would have complained because they were so low, they were illegally low. Uh, plus they were too close to residential areas. They're supposed to maintain a 500 foot lateral distance and they didn't, they were flew right directly over our house. So anyway, we thought, thought about it and said, what the heck can we do about this? So a friend of mine that was in the military, um, built me an exact replica of a surface-to-air missile. So I noticed that when these helicopters came over the house, almost always they approached from the north. So I knew what they could see because while I was flying, I had flown over the house myself. I knew exactly what they could see depending on the altitude they were at. Right, right. Uh, as you, you had to clear the house or almost clear the house before you could see down to the cement uh, patio floor. So my friend built this missile, which was beautiful. I mean, it looked exactly like the real thing. It's same height, same size, same diameter, same color, everything. So buddy and I are sitting around one day just talking on a weekend, and all of a sudden you hear the whop, 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 whop. Very familiar, um, <laughs> very distinctive blade sound to the Huey UH-1s. They were almost always UH-1s. Once in a while, we get a Sikorsky Blackhawk, but usually the UH-1s. So I run out quick and set this rocket up on the on the patio, and Betty and I go out there in the backyard, and we're waiting. Well, the guy clears the, the roof so he can see down, and that helicopter, which all of a sudden turned up i could see the bottom of it instead of looking at the side i could see the bottom and he whipped that thing around in the opposite direction i thought the blades were going to break from the stress put on them and away he went back north and i told betty i said you know i said i'll i'll bet you this guy probably is on his way back to get a shower and change his underwear because i think we put a good scare into him and that's that's just that's Typical of my sense of humor. Yeah, you have a good one. That's for sure. Well, I didn't mean to start joking, but uh, I'm glad you were able to tell that. I hope not. (laughs) I don't usually choke on this. Uh, I, I like to. Have, I had a little fun with them numerous times. We uh, during one of the IRS um, audits, the yeah. it was just myself and the auditor. Um, I didn't, I didn't use the CPA at the time because I'd had enough of that and enough of the expense. So the auditor asked me for documents that are almost 12 years old. And I knew they can't do that. They can't ask you for anything more than seven years. So he said, look, he said, I can get this information from your ex-wife. He says, I can audit her. Well, we didn't get along very good. So I said, go ahead, knock yourself out. <laughs> Needless to say, we we gave up. Or he gave up on that and playing the questioning. But they do try to intimidate yeah, I bet. you. Uh, you happy. Oh, there, there was a 
there was another incident where, uh, and this had nothing to do with UFO phenomena. I had a business, and the uh, my business partner took off with the money that was supposed to be paid tax money on the employees. I was getting a divorce, and the place got robbed all in the same month. I had no money, no tools, oh, no job. And the IRS <laughs> called me in, Horrible. and they said, well, these these taxes have to be paid. I said, well, why don't you go after my partner? He's a guy that took off with the money. Yeah. And he says, he said, we don't know exactly. where he is. So I said, well, I can't pay him. <laughs> he says, well, he says, he said, we, we can put you in jail. I said, well, go ahead, put me in jail. And that, that was the end of it. it the threat was gone and they yeah. never came after me again. They, they must've went after, finally yeah. went after my part, ex-partner. Maybe they but found him. He, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, I found him actually sometime later, and not only did the IRS get his, their hands on him, but I called his ex-wife because he took, left her and the kids with no support, no nothing. Oh, so I had that's a, awful. I had that's a, awful. yeah, I, I, I had a friend that was very good. He found out where he was working, where he was living, the whole bit. So I just gladly turned him oh, over. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might as but, well. Karma. No, I, I had, I had the last laugh. That's for sure. But, yeah, you sure did with all of these things, you know, because you and Betty, again, you've been through this. This has dominated your life for a very long time, and you, you've done remarkably well given the amount of of pressure and the amount of psychological warfare that they were doing to you. I mean, you guys are, were just tremendous through all of this kind of stuff. And I know you still have very interesting paranormal experiences that happen in your, your new home and you're, you're still going through it, but on a a different level, it seems like the government harassment or whatever, whomever they were, that's backed off a little bit, but you also have come across and we want to get into this tonight. I know you and I discussed this off air some of the prophecies, the information that you and Betty were given by the alien beings is now coming to pass. So oh, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, the information actually was given to Betty during the 60s and 70s. And I just recently started watching some uh, videos uh, by David Wilcock on um, uh, YouTube. And he mm-hmm. has discussed a lot of this stuff in uh, either 2020, between now and 2020, or 23 to 24 time period, there's going to be a very dramatic event concerning our son. And during this event, things are going to happen. The earth is going to be hit, and people, people unfortunately, people are going to die. Um, and people are going to be changed if now I'm just going by what he is saying, and he has many inside sources. So, right, people are going to be changed in an instant to your light, to a light, your light body. In other words, you, your spirit, not your your physical body, right. is really just a vehicle that totes around your your spirit, your mind, your soul, whatever you want to call it. And the statement mm-hmm. is that this is going to be a major coronal mass ejection. It's going to emanate from the very center uh, of the sun. So it'll come out it'll, in space. It'll look like a, a stone dropped in water. It'll come out as a ring. Mm-hmm. And 
The interesting thing is that they said his their information is that it's going to hit somewhere in uh, the Pacific and close to land. So thinking of that, I thought, gee, that something there sounds kind of familiar. So I started looking right. at some of the old writings that uh, that Betty had, and. I think it was, uh, okay, January 15th, 83. The writings talk about a thick cloud. Now, this is a cloud in space that's going to engulf our entire solar system. And we're already in it, partway in it. NASA NASA has verified this. This cloud is supposed to be highly magnetic and energetic, and it is what will be the cause of our sun doing this burp or coronal mass ejection. Now, the interesting thing is that they had said that it's going to happen somewhere around the Pacific uh, Ocean. Well, when we looked at one of Betty's writings, uh, January 15, 1983, it says, the thick cloud is scattering the penetration of light and the streams are bouncing upward changing the downward patterns. Sudden changes, pebbles shall fall. Well, they mentioned meteors. So I assume pebbles shall fall, Ah, probably meteors. It says the falling light will blow magenta, and the air will take on an odorous stench. But here's the part that gets me. So the ground will blacken and then turn gray. High winds are also mentioned, and that's something that David Wilcock and his insiders have mentioned, that there's going to be very high winds. And it says, Seoul, the sun oh, is, on an inward, yeah, is on an inward drift. Now, fortunately, we're in the West. I hope this is correct. It says, those of the West will not feel the waves, but those in the East will suffer the graves, and the taste in the air shall be bitter mm. to the tongue, and blisters will form on the skin and the scalp. That sounds exactly, well, like the eastern portion of the world. Uh, and and it said that some, yeah, said some of the uh, Pacific Ocean will be boiled away when this occurs. So I don't know. That's the writing that Betty got about forty years ago. And there's and here we another are writing, the right? And there's another writing, and this I find interesting. This was February 11, 1978. They said, I will remove out of place those that be unfair. Now, uh, what Wilcock is talking about is, as you know, right now there's 30,000 some odd sealed indictments that are starting to be opened, and these people are being tried by military tribunals. And this will be the people that have been uh, uh, sex trafficking uh, children, uh, and especially those that have been uh, sacrificing children, and the money manipulators, uh, the bankers, those that really use the world's finances for their own personal gain while the rest of us go along our merry way trying to scratch out a living. So this runs... Yes. hand in hand with that as well. And it, it has already started. I, I think I mentioned to you they already arrested, uh, arrested a cardinal at the, of the Vatican, and he has been tried and found guilty. They already arrested uh, John of God, 
who raped something like mm-hmm. 600 women, and they already have called to court. Yeah, um, one of Obama's attorneys uh, that was an attorney when he was president. Um, I'm surprised nobody got Hillary yet, but oh, maybe that will happen. I don't know. But anyway, that's yeah. another uh, <laughs> another connection. Now, the beings yes. uh, on on, on David's show, he mentioned that the beings told them that when this happens, this flash of light that will be almost instantaneous, you the people that are spiritually have been doing the work will be changed instantly to your spirit or your light body. Now, he was told that, mm-hmm. and he just he just discussed it a couple of days ago on a, a video I was watching. Now, during a 1978 abduction of my own, the elders told me, plain and simple, that said, you do not die. Rather, you are released of your earth physical body and go on as a light being that is a real you. So, again, we're running, uh, you know, very similar things between what David Wilcox is saying uh, and what Betty was told all those years ago. And there's, there's a couple of more mundane yeah. that, are, that are proof that you can, people can follow up for themselves. Uh, Betty was told back then also, um, well, that man is going to go sterile. If you go on the internet mm-hmm. and look up the studies that have been done, man is in fact going sterile. Sperm, sperm counts are dropping all over the world, and people can verify yes, that. Yes, infertility is a huge problem. That's yeah. right. Uh, That's right. She was all, Betty predicted yeah. that from what they told her. Right. Another one was they said you, see, you will see snow in the strange in strange places. Well, on July third, twenty eleven. It snowed in the Atacama Desert in Chile, 32 inches. Yes. Now, why that's oh a big God. deal? The Atacama Desert is the driest place on Earth, uh, thanks in part to, I guess, the Andes Mountain and the Chilean Coast Range naturally um, uh, block moisture from the region. But parts of the 600-mile-long plateau have never even experienced a recordable rainfall. And yet they had almost three feet of snow. And you can also yes, that's include incredible. That, and uh, yeah, Iraq and even Death Valley, uh, which is, you know, like they yes. told her, that you're going to see snow in strange places. They also went on to say that there will come a time when they cannot predict the weather. Um, and mm-hmm. apparently, uh, I think we're seeing that somewhat today. We certainly are. I mean, the weather has changed radically. They can't predict the weather accurately anymore. I mean, just it's a moment-by-moment thing. And here in New England, I mean, yes, our weather changes fairly rapidly, but they can't, they just can't predict it. They'll say, well, today no. we're going to have rain for 10 days. Well, we, we, might, we might not. I mean, they really don't know. It's, uh, exactly. the, predicting the weather has become a big problem. So yes, it's well, in line, very much in line with Betty's uh, Betty's writings from long ago. Oh yeah, another thing that uh, I found interesting, according to um, Wilcox, he said there will be warnings when this starts, this solar event starts. That what is going to happen as the sun releases more energy, the center of the Earth 
will warm up and there will be more and more volcanic eruptions. Well, I went this afternoon or this morning to the Smithsonian Institution um, volcanic program. And according to them, as of April 15th or so, there's approximately 47 volcanoes erupting right now, and some of them are very recent. The other thing that tends to verify this, and this is right from NASA, they said that Venus, uh, Earth, Mars, and the moons of Jupiter are all getting warmer. Now, it's kind of foolish for the people that are going on TV and in the news and all that are blaming man's industrialization and running equipment by electricity and uh, oil and gas. They're blaming everything on that. And that's not the case. It's proven these other planets are no, heating up as well. Yeah. And, and unless I'm wrong, there isn't many people there to be doing this. <laughs> at least not on the surface, far, right? As, yeah, as far as I know. I mean, God only knows what they've been up to that we don't know about. And some of the other yeah, things you mentioned exactly. um, that, that were kind of interesting, uh, the money. Oh, um, I was talking about the, the uh, deep state, uh, the Illuminati, um, the, the evil ones being removed. Now, that's in Betty's writings, too. They said at the time that this occurs, the evil ones will be removed from the earth. And what uh, David Wilcox is saying is that a lot of these indictments are for, like I said, the the ones that are uh, doing terrible things to children and the ones that are the money manipulators, the Illuminati, the world bankers, um, and the uh, indictments are for a lot of those people. And it, you don't have to look too far because if you go back to uh, the Bush administration, uh, they went public uh, back then. It was Donald Rumsfeld announced to the public that there was a $2 trillion that they could not account for. Now, that's enough money to start <laughs> a, a new civilization. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd like to have it. It really is. That. Yeah. Um, yeah, now, and then during, <laughs> yeah, and then during the Obama administration, of course, we we saw our our national debt double. Um, but before everybody gets all excited and starts cursing me out, I'm not saying that Obama was responsible for this. But what I'm saying is that it seems that no matter who is president or what administration is in, these people that are siphoning off this money. Uh, have total control. Um, it appears yes, that the money is is gained by severely overcharging. Like when you look at a, a, a an airplane that costs a billion dollars, you have to ask yourself, yes. you know, eh, that's a lot of money for an airplane. So it looks like what's happening is the government is being charged these ridiculous uh, prices for a lot of the things that they are purchasing. And this money is going into the secret space program, which benefits uh-huh. not you and I. Uh, and the no. interesting thing here, <laughs> yeah, for sure, during the election in 2016, uh, if people were paying attention, Vladimir Putin threatened at that time 
to release information about the secret space program because most people in this country don't even know there is one. Back in the 80s. Yes, I know. That, it's not talked yeah. about. Betty and I well, met someone. You know, someone. it's just funny because every... Uh-huh. Go ahead. I just think Betty and I met someone, someone in the military, that showed us documentation, photos, and whatnot. And he said that at that time, they had a United States space program with spaceships, not satellites, spaceships. And that was in the 80s. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, how much money could they have yeah. how far they that? Yeah. Well, you remember, um, oh, God, Gary McKenna. He's the guy that hacked into the Department of Defense computers and found out that the United States Navy has a space fleet. He also found listings of non-terrestrial officers. And for his trouble, the United States wanted to bring him to this country and put him in jail for some years. However, in England, thank God, they will not extradite him. Uh, so he has been able to put this information out and at least make people that are half awake aware that this is going on. And the Navy, most people look to the Air Force, oh, they know about UFOs and all. Not really quite accurate because the Navy is much more heavily involved in the UFO phenomena than the and, Army and or the Air Force. And always has been, even with the paranormal yeah. Right. I mean, Where I remember back? Andrea Pujovich. And Andrea was the one who told us about Project Penguin, which was started in 1944 by the Navy. And he's the one that yep. clued us in, that told us that, in fact, it is the Navy that is behind a lot of these things. And and after I met you and Betty, somebody who had a friend in Navy intelligence told them that my name was in that, their database. And I'm like, well, again, oh, why the nice. Navy? But that. Yeah, then. Yeah, how you have enriched my life. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just amazing but what they do. Let me ask you this, Bob. <clears throat> Again, we could talk all night about all your fabulous <laughs> ventures with alphabet <laughs> agencies, but I, I do want you to tell the story about the FBI showing up at your, your place of work because that's a funny one, too. But what do you oh, think yeah. this story is about? Lorraine Cordini. This is the lady I talked about at the beginning of the show. The story for everybody in our audience is on our Facebook page. Go take a look at it. Read the whole thing. It's fairly uh, detailed. But what I, I, is? What I, do you think was going on here? They took her. They handcuffed her. They took her away. She had just crashed landed in a UFO as an abductee. What in the world were they doing with her? I think probably they were either erasing memories or putting in screen memories um, because the last thing they would want was for her to come out with exactly what happened in any kind of detail. Uh, They have Mm -hmm. done that to a number of people where they've either wiped their memory or they put screen memories on that seem real to you. I mean, they seem really believable, but yet, they, they are, have been planted, and it could take some pretty deep, very deep hypnosis 
uh, and possibly a number of sessions to get around that. If, and chemicals, if I would think. I think medication, too. Pharmaceuticals it, used at well, the same know, time. But she also... It, yeah, go ahead. You know... Oh no! I, I was waiting. I was just going to say, as we know, they have no problem using chemicals on people. No, we know that. Both of us know that, and Betty too. <laughs> but with Lorraine, what I, I mean, really, let's uh, gas them and then we'll inject them. Okay, sure, why not? Um, but with Lorraine, what I found so interesting was the involvement of the military, and then there were mm-hmm. two separate alien, two different alien races involved that she recalled also. So it's, again, it, it concerns me very much, especially given the fact that when we had Kevin Gannon on and Doc talking about these young men who've been abducted, and one of the things they talked about that had not been revealed in the show that they were on on oxygen is that the men who were taking the young men were military trained. So mm-hmm. I have to start putting these pieces together here and wonder if this is a continuation of these UFO abductions. I do think there's alien involvement, and I know Gavin and Doc would not agree with me. That's fine, but <clears throat> the way they're able to spirit these people away and then they bring them back and there's no sign of how they were even killed, there is something else paranormal going on. And now I read the story about poor Lorraine, and I think, well, here this is going on back in the 70s. So oh, yeah. it's just yeah. a very interesting case, you know, and I feel for her in this. It's a terrible, confusing experience with military and two different aliens and crash landing herself. I mean, it's an incredible story, and I can't believe <clears throat> that it's not getting more attention because it, it has every element in it. Oh, sure, but, you know, the the thing is, the the, the thing that is irritating, you would look to our military to protect us. And that is not. Yeah, it's not the case. Uh, You you can be as fearful of them as 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 you are of some of the aliens. And some of all the aliens do not get along. By the way, so uh, yeah, there can be one group that's doing one thing, and another group that's being friendly and trying to help. Um, That's going to be a big problem to sort out when all this stuff breaks, which hopefully will be this year. Yes, I hope so. I hope so. Because it's, um, you know, people, you can't deny it anymore. They can't deny it because and that's what John D'Souza told us, who's former FBI. He said, they're not even bothering yeah. to try to deny it because everybody's got a cell phone with a camera. Everybody's got well, access to using their cell phone as a video camera. So how can you continue to deny this stuff? Oh, yeah. But, you know, back in uh, two. 95 to 2000, when we lived in another part of Virginia, Hayes, Virginia, I had something done to me a couple of times, and I don't know what. I've never been hypnotized for it, and this was after uh, we had been drugged by the CIA or whoever in Cheshire. Several mornings, I had woken up, and my underwear is on backwards. My T-shirt and my oh, undershirt, no. they're all, oh, yeah, they're all stained with this pink stuff. Like what? Uh, remember Betty Hill reported a pink stain on her dress when she was abducted. On her dress, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so this okay. happened more than once, and not only that, I'd get up and take a shower, and when I wipe, we had you know big white fluffy bath towels. 
I'd wipe off with that towel, yeah. and the whole towel would turn pink within like 20 minutes. And I, I talked to Dr. David Jacobs about that because he said he had a, a number of pieces of this material that he had sent to various laboratories um, to be to try to find out what exactly the material was. And not one of the uh-huh. laboratories that could identify it. And I know wow. something here. I may <clears throat> I may undergo hypnosis just just for my own personal satisfaction. I don't know if I want to know or not. To be honest with you, you know, it might open up another yeah, can of worms I that I don't care to look into. It's but good. I know <laughs> I I put my I know I put my clothes on straight, not inside out, and I know that I didn't have anything <laughs> right. that I was drinking at night. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, and That's if it right. was once, I would say, you know, well, something happened. I wasn't paying attention, but this was like three or four times while we were living there. So something, yeah, something that's, was going on. There's definitely something that happened. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, and yes. There was, there was another aspect to this thing that we didn't discuss, though. There was actually an upside to this government surveillance. As you know, Betty and okay. I used to go to Florida. I worked in Florida in the winter yeah. and Connecticut in the summer. Well, every time we went down there or back to Connecticut, I called. My phone was hooked up immediately. Uh, one time we got back <laughs> to Connecticut. Was. We got back to Connecticut on a, a Saturday, Saturday evening, Patricia. And I went out to the post, <laughs> and I found a live connection. You know, I'm, I'm a techie guy, so not a problem. I found a live connection. I hooked up my own phone. Sunday morning, the telephone company was there. And in Connecticut, you never see them on a Sunday. Oh, Sunday God, morning, no. they show up. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, you, you could be <laughs> making calls anywhere for free. Cashew, if I'd have known that yesterday, I yeah. wouldn't have been doing it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> right? that, was, that, was, that was one of the rare uh, advantages. Hey, uh, other perk. than that. Yeah. <laughs> We had a number of experiences. One time, just going home from work, I made several stops. I was followed by three different police cars all the way to where we lived. Okay. Another oh, time, we were had an in. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. We were in Tennessee, and we're going down Route 40, and all of a sudden, snap! The uh, the water pump broke and went through the radiator of my car, and I was just passing a tractor trailer. Oh. So I got oh, by the guy. Yeah, he slowed down, thank God. And I pulled off to the side of the road. We weren't there 25, 30 seconds, and it was a state trooper right behind us. And I, it just seemed like someone was always around. I literally saw cops looking at our marker number, and I don't know if they were writing it down or whatever, but, I mean, I'm not on the most wanted list or anything, so, you know, it wasn't related <laughs> to anything like that. But, uh, that's right. Uh, things that's like right. that were, you know, it was an advantage if, uh, well, if I wanted had, to make a phone call. Yeah, few of them. Right. Well, uh, they always had hats on you, except for one night when they did it. That's so right. Please tell that's the right. audience. That. Well, as you know, Buddy and I aren't big that's fans of cold weather. That's for sure. Right. So one night we're it was we're in Connecticut and it was it was really getting cold. So we're talking to each other, hey, it's cold, I don't like this and so on. So well, my trailer is parked over at Eddie's house. We could get it and go to Florida. 
And, of course, Betty is all right. Yeah, that's a good idea. So about 1 or 2 <laughs> o'clock in the morning, I get my truck, and we head over to – my friend Eddie was nice enough to let me park the, the trailer there because he had a lot, uh, big yard. And uh, very quietly, I hook up the trailer, and Sunday night, we're off to Florida. Well, we get back. Uh, I forget we were there a week or a couple of weeks. And my boss, uh, my supervisor, says, hey, I got to talk to you. I said, wow, what's up? He says, uh, well, Wednesday, he said, uh, the Wednesday after you left, he says, uh, two guys were here from the FBI looking for you. I said, well, that's interesting. <laughs> so I said, well, I told Betty, I said, well, I guess we probably better go down to New Haven and see what these fellows want. So we went to the uh, federal building in New Haven, Connecticut, which is where their, their offices are. And all we gave them was our name when we went in. They're behind the bulletproof glass partition. And this agent came out right. uh, to see us and sat down at a little table they had there. And he said, what can I do for you? I said, well, I said, my name is Robert Luca. This is my wife, Betty Ann. I said, I work at Middletown Toyota. And I said, my supervisors and my coworkers tell me that uh, you fellows were in there looking for me a couple of weeks ago on a Wednesday. Well, he says, uh, no, he said, we can't confirm or deny that, which is, you know, that's standard BS. So while we're there, right. I said, well, look, while we're here, I said, why are you guys tapping our telephone? And <laughs> supposedly he didn't know us. He said, well, he says, we always get blamed. He said, in your case, it's Air Force Intelligence. That's what he told me right now. Oh, out. my God. So <laughs> I said, oh, it wow. out. That's too funny. Well, a couple of months later, I talked to someone that was up in Air Force Intelligence. And he said, no, no. He said, we have to get a court order. He says, it was the FBI. So here I am again, you know, with nothing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, right. They just keep pointing it, at everybody. I know at each it, other. They, it's ridiculous, but that's a funny story it, because they really lost you, and they were kind of in a panic when they went to your place of business and they asked where you were because they had just completely you had gone off the radar for them. So, oh, absolutely. Again, somebody was assigned, and, they were assigned to following you, and they kind of lost you, and they had to be accountable for it. I think they were a little embarrassed, too, because one of the things I used to do when I was younger was build race cars, and I was a street racer. And several of the uh-huh. times that they followed us, I got behind the cars that were following us, got their marker <laughs> plate numbers, and gave them to Larry Fawcett. And these are the ones that came back as unissued. So when we were doing some TV and whatnot back then, I mentioned how that happened. I said, I said, well, I said, they must be uh, newbies or uh, amateurs that they're sending after us. I said, these these can't be experienced agents because they're too easy to pick out. <laughs> and that, that, must, that must have made them feel, like, really good. Oh, I bet. I bet that really got them. Oh, my gosh. Well, Bob, this has been such an exciting and wonderful time with you on the air talking about Everything you and Betty have been through, and we haven't even scratched the surface. I want to make sure everybody knows that, again, the Andreas and Affair book is available on Amazon, as well as your new book, which details all of this, as well as the Department of Defense breaking into your computer. You have that documented. 
And that's in the book. So mm-hmm. everybody should get that one as well. It's called A Lifting of the Veil. Two great yeah, books. The, Make sure they're in your library. The actual documents, Good. copies of the actual documents are in the book. So people can see I'm not just making up stories or anything. That's right. I've seen them myself, and they are there. So this, these would be great additions to your UFO libraries, everybody. And also, it tells the personal experience of what Betty and Bob have been through since the Andreasen affair has been released. It's so many years ago. My God, I can't believe it. And I've known you all those years. So <laughs> yeah, I'm telling been, our been age, but that's okay. It's been well, a first, long time, first... and it's been wonderful. The first 80 years has been a ball, and I'm looking forward to the next being just as much fun. Oh, that's great. All right. I love that. I love that. Well, we'll be back next week, everybody, with another great show. And until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night, Patricia. Have a great evening. And you too, Bob. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girl.